Welcome to the frontier of the metaverse, where we learn from high quality entrepreneurs, artists, and change makers shaping the future of the metaverse. Here we discuss how to level up, how to get started, and how to get ahead of the opportunity. I'm your host, Howard Kingston. This episode is with Sebastian Boger, co-founder of The Sandbox, one of the metaverse's leading virtual worlds. Now, virtual worlds are a big part of what a lot of people see as the future of the metaverse. But virtual worlds are more than just people playing games. There's some big shifts happening here with virtual worlds that are connected to the blockchain that will impact all of us such as economies in these virtual worlds with virtual land, people playing and earning real money, and entrepreneurs creating businesses and assets and fashion and buildings and events. And then there's also this thing called the open metaverse, where you can move assets in and around. So let's just say I buy a virtual pair of Nike shoes in one virtual world, Previously in games, that was just locked into that one game. Whereas now I could take that virtual pair of Nike shoes and bring it into another virtual world and use it. Or I could just resell it on the open market to anybody interested in it. It's pretty cool. So what we talk about in this episode is what the metaverse is and how virtual worlds will be part of it. We talk about the sandbox economy and examples of how people are making a living in the sandbox and how you can get involved. And then we also dive into this question, is the metaverse a good thing for humanity or is it a bad thing where everyone will just spend all their lives in the metaverse? It's an interesting conversation. One thing I do recommend to everybody It's a really interesting thing to hear about this stuff, but I really encourage you to try it for yourself. The sandbox is free to play, and it's a little bit like learning how to drive a car, I find. You can hear myself and Sebastian talk about it, but until you actually go in and try it for yourself, it doesn't really come to life. And the sandbox is really cool. It's kind of like on the pixelated side of things, rather than trying to be too realistic with its graphics. And I really like that. It's really good fun. You can try it yourself at sandbox.game. With that, let's get to the show. Hey, Seb, welcome to the show. Thank you, Award. I always like to get a little bit of a background on the people building the metaverse. And of course, this is not your first rodeo. You're a successful entrepreneur in the past as well. Could you just talk a little bit about what brought you to the point before you started launching the Sandbox? Like you said, like I've been an entrepreneur together with my business partner, Archer Madrid. We co-founded three companies, always in the space of new technologies peer-to-peer, user-generated content, mobile gaming free-to-play with brands and UGC. And as we started the Sandbox on mobile in 2012, roughly, we always had that intention to empower players. Empower players to do what? To become creators first. So that was the original idea. And that was successful. Using new technology, we enabled them to create content just by the touch of their finger, share that content, 
explore content made by other players. We quickly found out as well that one part was missing was like rewards of players for the content they brought. And we were limited by the platform. Later on in 2017, we found about blockchain technologies and NFTs. And we saw in NFT the solution to combine with user-generated content so that any creator can then own, truly own their creation and have that capability of like transferring it to other users, using it anywhere they want, not being like bonded by a platform and selling it as well on marketplaces. And that's led us to work on a new version of Sandbox. And now with this idea of empowering players and creators to truly own the content and monetize it the way they want. So do you remember the moment that you first came across Web3, whether it be through an NFT or through, you know, maybe some other blockchain technology that you really got it and that led you to do it like what you might say an evolution of the sandbox or a, a, you know a slight kind of pivot of strategy because that was a brave move you know a lot of people in web 2 are thinking of doing that right now and they're like oh should i should i not do you remember the moment that really caught your attention i think it was a progressive process like first i discovered about bitcoin and cryptocurrencies so i dived into it how it works how it's being mined how do i participate and so on and then I saw the first blockchain-based game and I say, oh, interesting. And like an entrepreneur, you always benchmark product all the time. You deconstruct them to understand how they work, why they are successful and so on. We analyzed CryptoKitties, that first blockchain game. There was nothing fancy about the game itself, like breeding virtual cats and so on. But two things struck us. One is like, actually, those virtual cats, you could buy them from other players. So interesting that the first time uh, a game introduced that mechanic, but you don't buy them from the developer or on the developer application. You go to an external website called OpenSea that is not a different team, different product, sort of like an eBay of digital assets, and you buy it there. And I say, oh, wow, that's exactly what we were looking for, like a solution that finally allows people to sell their content and that would be like fully allowed by the developer and the platform because we've known in video gaming people try to do that by selling user accounts but it's always been like a gray market a black market people have fears that the account could be banned by the developers how do you make an economy prosper when everything is at fear and nothing is really authorized and here it's fully embraced and that was the moment basically when we saw like we could do that but instead of like many people who quickly copycat CryptoKitties to make dogs, dragons, fish, whatever. Let's apply it to UGC and again, empower anyone to make their own NFT. To do what? To put them into their own game maker, into the game maker to create their own games. Back to the sandbox roots. UGC, NFT, and monetization on top of that. We were excited by that from the beginning, but we were probably the only one excited because at the beginning of blockchain gaming and Web3, we were roughly a dozen people building games with that technology and it took us over a year or more to convince the first investor that no no that was not just minecraft with nft on top of it that wasn't sufficient we had to build something from the ground up that by design incorporated blockchain nfts and all the content will be owned by the users and there would be a map for the virtual the discovery of the experiences as a virtual world special not just like a gallery of icons and explain all that logic and build the tools and grow a community and so on i'd love to dive into the 
gameplay as well. Before we do that, there's a lot of talk about the metaverse, and I think everyone has their own definition of it. I'd love to get your take on how do you define what the metaverse is? It's true, like it's still very abstract to many people, even though like they are excited about its potential. For us, the metaverse is essentially this myriad of virtual worlds that you access through an avatar, that 3D character that becomes your digital identity. The kind of experience you're going to access will be more fun, more social, more immersive, more creative, thanks to technology. And the most important part is like that avatar, as well as all your digital belongings, wearables, equipment, game items, uh, virtual land, virtual houses, and all the content you earn or you create actually belongs to you. So meaning that you can take it and use it across any of those virtual worlds, which is not the case right now. Like you have like siloed, some closed wall garden platform where you spend time, you spend money, you create content, but it's not really yours. You cannot transfer it to a user. You cannot take it out and use it somewhere else. You cannot take your Fortnite character and start using it into Roblox. Both are like living very separate. There are decentralized worlds where the technology underlying blockchain NFT allows that more easily, like Decentraland and Sandbox and Somnium Space and Spatial and, set, and a few other. And that for us is really the metaverse. Anyone who has played games, who's listening, that you know, you spend hours, weeks, months, years of your life in a game, and then you stop playing and you can't take out any of the value in any way or bring it into another game. So that's a really big, big thing. Diving into the sandbox, want to break into exactly how it works for those listening. A lot of people have heard of it now. Maybe they haven't jumped into it. So the game is still centrally managed, but the items are NFTs. Could you talk a little bit about that? You've got this creation studio, people can create items, then they become NFTs, and then they become something which is tradable. Could you talk a little bit about that kind of core, how people are using it? Now, Sandbox is more than just a game. It's a whole platform. It includes like creation tools first, a 3D editor called VoxEdit, where you can make 3D content, animate it, turn it into an NFT, meaning like it's owned by the players, sell it on the marketplace, the marketplace is a product. You have a map where you can buy land and use that land to publish the experience, make it accessible to other users through the, with their avatar. And you have a game maker, no code, which is allowed to create experiences just by drag and dropping the content very easily. So the goal is to create accessible tools. Then you have the game client itself that allows you to access all those experiences. Specifically right now, we have this alpha season three that's running until early November still. And you can access 98 experiences made by the community or with the brand to get a first taste of what's possible. The goal is to become fully decentralized over the next five years, meaning like the community and the players will own 100% of the lands. Right now, they already own 70% of the map, and we are going to continue running land sales, curating them, introducing partners from many regions of the world and cultural brands. Asset as well will be owned by users fully. So whether they are like UGC assets made by the creators themselves or premium brands asset from some of the 400 brands that we partnered with will be all fully owned by the users and the 
Sand token, the utility token of the platform, will also be fully owned by the community itself. Right now, it's about 30-35% of the token that's already in the circulating supply. And the goal, based on the token release schedule, is that 100% of it will be in circulating supply. Meaning at the end of the day, you're right. All the avatar, the assets, the economy through the token is going to be entirely managed and owned by the community itself. And what that leads to is at some point, there will be also the possibility for the owner of the assets who effectively own a piece of the metaverse, own a piece of that community, have a direct interest through their ownership into the success of the platform and receive the benefit of the success of the platform materialized into the token, they should be the one in charge of deciding of the future of the platform. So we're working to put in place a DAO as well, where they will be able to vote on key decisions, priorities on the roadmap, allocation of grants for projects to be supported and so on and so on. This is super cool and a lot to dive into there. I'd love to pick out one or two things and anyone listening, I strongly recommend everyone you have to just check this stuff out. You know, the map is really cool. I was uh, playing with my mother-in-law last night. She was in the metaverse last night and seeing the map and we went into, I think it was the Bored Ape World and you just got to, you got to just experience this stuff to really understand it. I'd love to talk a little bit about the economics. You know, this is an area which, you know, some people call it play and earn and you can play and you can earn money out of playing the game and you can build up economies. So, I'd love you to talk a little bit about how people are becoming entrepreneurs themselves in the sandbox. We have virtual land, we have the items. Can you talk a little bit and maybe bring it to life with one or two examples how people have been doing that? So one exciting thing is like the metaverse, it will literally create millions of jobs. Why? Because everything has to be made from scratch. The content at the beginning, it's fully empty. So you have to build, populate those experience both like the content, the, the land itself, the architecture, the design, the narration, and so on. So all the creators related jobs are also participating to the play and earn because ultimately creating is fun in sandbox. Many people, the first feedback the community give is like, it feels like I'm playing when I'm creating. I'm enjoying the process of like experimenting, testing things. For us, this is a key element. This creator economy is at the center of sandbox. And we feel like it's very differentiated because it develops new kind of skills. You don't feel it's repetitive at all. You're not just grinding the same loop and doing the same action thousands of times to earn predictive results. Here, you're engaging different kinds of skills. But you also will have all jobs related to, on one side, builders. And we're really proud to have a Time 10 of thousands of artists building in the community, 230 builder studio who over a year, people become entrepreneurs, started to hire and work for the, their own project or project for the brands and some of the 22,000 landowners. You also have jobs, a lot of content, but no people isn't meaningful. So the key challenge is like bring a great content, great experience and bring people to have fun once. No, they have to come and come back. So that's what we work on. So it will create a pattern and habit and a place. And maybe probably, and I hope that's what you experienced yesterday when you entered the BIAC Miami 2035, there was a lot of people running around and doing activities and chatting. So we need people to be community managers, like hosting with the avatar in 3D, other players, guiding them, giving them activities, 
curators exploring the metaverse for you, saving your time so you get every day the best of the content, either on NFT collection or online to explore. Curators, in that sense. Event manager, people who will organize various activities, virtual shows, virtual concerts, art galleries, museums, sell tickets for their events and drive an economy around it. And like you said, you can just be a player, explore a little bit, and everything you do, actually, those are rewards that you keep and own because they are tokens on the blockchain, meaning that you have the freedom that opportunity to choose if you hold them, if you use them in gameplay to earn even more, like better equipment, etc., or you sell them to other players on the marketplace. That's also something new, and that can you as a player can derive a revenue from eventually. There's one or two things that is particularly interesting there. I think it's a criticism of other play-to-earn economies in the metaverse that it's very grinding. It's not actually that much fun. And you guys are really focusing on the fun bit of it. The second thing I noticed is... It's like anything. There's different ways you can earn a living in the metaverse and in the sandbox, but you need to do something that people want. You need to create something that people want to either interact with or purchase. With your tools, you're just making it easy for people to create stuff. It's down to the entrepreneurs in the metaverse to create things that people actually want to interact with, which I think is super cool. Talk us through some of the examples of how people get the virtual land. So virtual land is something which I think blows most people's minds. Okay. And I know you guys have a fixed number of land, I believe. How does someone become a landowner in the sandbox? I know you mentioned that there might be some upcoming land sales coming and you might be able to tie into those for people who are interested. You're absolutely right. Like our goal is to inspire people, showcase them the possibility, give them the tool, make them accessible and nurture that ecosystem so they can be successful as creator or as builder and so on. That's something that makes me very excited every day when I see also how they are sharing over social media, their content, what they created. Like they get become new celebrities, new influencers, like people like their work, they buy from each other, they are supportive. That's the spirit in Sandbox community. Could you give an example of an internal Sandbox celebrity? I'm sure there's one or two that really inspire you. What have they done? There's plenty. Even like the streamers, the ambassador of Sandbox, they are growing more and more popular. And I hear stories now like they attend conference and they have fans and people say, oh, I was following you. You inspire me a lot. And now myself, I'm a builder and make a living from it. So they help to turn into careers and opportunities for them by sharing their knowledge and training skilled people. Panda Pop, Kelsey, uh, Camille Soze, Alex Flores, Joseph Madding and... You have a lot of great, talented artists in different regions of the world as well. So it's a very global phenomenon as well. It's really interesting. And talent is global, has no frontier. So should the metaverse, that as a parenthesis. I'm sure we'll talk more about that after. But maybe back to the land sale topic. We think it's important, as we see the metaverse as a virtual world, like how do you enter a virtual world? Do you enter it through a gallery of game like a traditional app store? We think it's not relevant. We think you should enter the metaverse through a map. And that map has location, as virtual land, or digital space of real estate that you can own or you can rent to publish an experience. There is a notion of neighborhood on that map. We leverage like geographical data. You can become the neighbor 
of a major brand, a major celebrity or community. And you see that through the logo on the map that reinforce the notion of ownership. I put my own logo and I'm becoming the neighbor of like, let's say a Snoop Dogg, a Ubisoft, a Rabbit, which means that when avatars cross those lands, they enter the neighbor land and we can really expand the presence of one project into the neighboring land with the community. So we could co-create together various experiences and we can develop very active neighborhood where we are going to mix various activities, gaming, art, museum, uh, culture, shows, concerts, and so on, which could benefit everyone into our neighborhood as well in terms of attractivity and business. 70% of that map has been sold. Today, this map is worth as a market cap in the region of $1.2 billion. There is a real liquid market for lands. So you were asking me, how do you acquire lands? You can either buy it when we run land sales on the primary market. So by the end of the year, we will normally have four new waves with major partners that will be announced soon. Or you can buy it directly from other users as well on many marketplaces like OpenSea and so on. What is a typical floor price of a piece of land on Sandbox? When uh, you buy a land, a one-by-one land, which is uh, 100 meters by 100 meters, so it's a lot of space creatively. We didn't want to restrict too much that part versus other decentralized world. It's a thousand sands. The thousand sands roughly today might be uh, $800, I think. So it's still accessible. Then on secondary markets, the value depends on who is your neighbor, what will be built. And so this is more like you think it could be subjective elements, but it's going to become more and more objective based on real data as seasons are opening and land people can publish on their land early next year. So you could buy and be neighbors with Snoop Dogg, for example, who is in the sandbox. Yeah, absolutely. You have these upcoming drops coming later on this year. How does someone get access to those? Because I'm sure there'll be a long waiting list. You will need to follow our social media to be informed on the exact date. We are changing the process. So instead of like first come, first serve kind of approach that we've done before, we're going to have like a page where you can register your interest into a certain region of the map, whether it's a premium or regular land. And there will be a sort of a raffle and winners will receive a land that they don't know yet which one it will be or where it will be. So we kind of are becoming more inspired by working with the community and their feedback on how traditional NFT drops are introduced to give as much as possible fair chances to everyone. And users will need to be KYC as well. So we prevent as much as possible the use of bots or user who would be non-human to access these, to give priority to people who really want land to build upon it. The end goal is to create experiences and content on those lands. There's a few things popping up in the news this week on uh, the metaverse, you know, potentially being a lonely place. I think they were definitely written with a certain angle because they weren't actually reporting on actual users. What's your take on the state of the metaverse, how many people are using it, because it sounds like there's a lot of landowners. I'd love to get your take on that. And then also, what's it going to take for us really to get across from maybe an early majority into mass adoption? 
Well, I definitely think the metaverse is not a lonely place at all when you have 40,000 active users a day with you, first of all. And when you can see that first, all the platforms are still in the early stage, they are building, they are doing a lot of efforts, launching content to attract users. Fat Sandbox, we have the season three. You can explore 98 experiences already for one more month. We have 40,000 active users on a daily basis, 200,000 active users on a monthly basis, over 4 million registered users, more than 22,000 landowners. And people spend time. They don't just come and leave. Like They spend 20, 30 minutes on average per experience that they explore. That gives you a lot of chance to engage with them. They come back, they explore, they talk, they socialize. You have the community managers, you have the ambassador. We have many side activity. Even when you're not inside, we encourage you to come back with like rewarding. If you share selfies of yourself into the land, or if you find a hindered object, etc. So I see it really as a playground for experimentation. We try to drive it with creativity in mind always to first showcase the possibility across many types of uh, contents. You will find brands in like music and music artists, like Warner Music, Sweco, Steve Aoki, Snoop Dogg, Dead Mao, Avengers Sevenfold. In gaming, you can enter and explore the land of uh, the rabbit from Ubisoft or entertainment with Care Bears, Smurf, The Walking Dead. All of those are social experiences that are really new. You don't find these kind of social experiences on other platforms as well. So Sandbox is also progressively defining a new format of entertainment. The audience of this format of entertainment is not necessarily the gamer only. That's great. Like we reach out to the fan. We get new people on board who never played video games or don't call themselves hardcore gamers. They are just like here to socialize, consume, explore. That's what's happening. And those activities they are not transactional. They are not commercial. Like they are not here to buy and sell NFTs all the time. They are here to complete quests, to explore, to chat, to dance with other users. And ultimately, some might start to acquire NFT equipment that is available for sale. So the on-chain activity of users exchanging the assets, as we discussed at the beginning, like people own assets, avatar, lands, the exchange of those three isn't meaningful of the activity of a metaverse. Just to put things in perspective, people owning land, you don't sell your land every day back and forth. That has no meaning. Land is a place where you want to build. You have a project. You are very attached to your land, usually. You're very attached to your avatar. That is your identity. To use it to identify yourself, so people can recognize you and so on. So the usage pattern as well could be different than collectible or art where there is more circulation of the token among users. You mentioned a lot of music stars who are in Sandbox, as well as some of the brands um, like Gucci, like Atari, like all these guys. If you're a brand owner and you're probably talking at board level what your metaverse strategy is, let's be honest, everyone is. How would you suggest a brand start thinking through how they could approach and start doing something in the metaverse? Absolutely. Well, we have the chance to talk and engage more than 400 brands in Sandbox. The way we are building Sandbox is like this new digital nation, global without frontiers, but with many local partners in Dubai, in Turkey, in Korea, in Hong Kong. Those brands 
they are touch point for users who enter the metaverse and then they stay to explore the whole world. So by having a very regional approach is also what makes Sandbox very different from others and makes the world accessible to anyone from anywhere. And what those brands will recommend them first and foremost is to think creatively. You're not going to monetize right now your activity in the metaverse, but you can value it by offering a place where you can connect more closely with your users. You can provide them a service or value that they cannot find online, like visiting your virtual house of an artist, having millions of people who can come and interact with him rather than a few hundred in the real world. You can offer an reward value for the time or a reward token that is valuable for the time that users are spending in your land, your experience. You get their attention, not for 10 seconds like on Instagram when like people swipe rapidly the content, but for 20, 30 minutes. That's also very valuable. And ultimately, I think that Sandbox is really a great place for that, is you engage your community creatively to co-create your presence online with them through user-generated content, through the content creation tools. So many brands, when they enter Sandbox, they launch a contest to design a content and character or a game jam to use the official content and character in a context to design experiences that expand the brand reputation and presence in the metaverse. And both users enjoy it because they couldn't do it before anywhere else. And the brands enjoy it because they are always surprised by the great quality of the work done by the community and how that takes the bigger proportion by having multiple touch points in the metaverse. Sandbox is mainly through the browser at the moment, browser and mobile, I believe. What's your take on VR? I'm sure as a company, you look at VR, it's got great possibilities. But on the flip side, there aren't that many people using VR at the moment, whereas browser, you know, you've got the whole world using it. So I'm sure this is something you've debated. What's your take on bringing the sandbox into VR? And then also, will VR get mass adoption? Do you think that? Sandbox is only accessible right now on PC and Mac. You need to download a game client to access it. We're working to make it mobile by next year. The browser, not yet, but we've been looking at solution and experimenting a bit around that. And what it means, it means like essentially the metaverse, this myriad of worlds is accessible from any platform, but different worlds, different metaverses could have different platforms they run onto mobile, web, PC, Mac, VR, AR, like you described. I believe VR is still a technology that is in the process of maturing. It's too niche at the moment to provide this mass adoption capability, but there are huge investments being made to keep exploring on how VR can make more immersive. We've just seen the announcement of the MetaQuest Pro devices, which are interesting. We'll look into them, we'll test them, we'll explore what is possible. But as of now, I don't think like being yourself physically through the VR headsets, the same person as the avatar in the virtual world is actually a requirement. I like the ubiquity of like, I'm here and I could be moving my character just by the four fingers, four rows on my PC or Mac or the swipe of on the mobile to have multiple virtual identities as well rather than just one, and explore in new ways than just through VR headsets. 
I just would like to get your prediction on where the metaverse is going to be. Let's say three years from now, what will it be like? We're going to see a great evolution in terms of the experiences, the content. Think about it. Like Sandbox three years ago was very far from what it looks like now. So I'm really excited to see like how fast technology is transforming. And what makes me very positive is like the metaverse itself is there. It's going to be there forever. It's a, both a technology and social disruption. And the fact that you have brands entering web free and the metaverse every week, the fact that we are built upon unity as a technology that allows us to evolve to multiplayer beyond mobile, beyond VR, maybe in the future, that's the choice we made that supports that we're focusing on creating more deeper connection between users. We want users to feel even more emotion as they engage into the experiences. Meaning like we're going to work a lot on the avatar, his expression, his body language, the emotes, the animation, the way we can convey those emotions to each other. We're going to expand the game maker capability to enable even more creativity and possibilities for users. So the focus on the tool and technology remains very important to provide that creative environment for the community. And then I wish like the metaverse will be more and more, if not 100% run and produced by the community itself, which benefited first from the values it brought to the growth of this world. One thing I always hear when I'm chatting to people about the metaverse and these worlds, and I'm sure you hear it as well, is a lot of people are worried for humanity right? Like, of course, humanity has never been in such a good place in a lot of ways, if you looked at the statistics. But some people worry that we may go into this future where people aren't using their bodies anymore. Everyone's spending all their time in the sandbox. What's your take of when the metaverse gets more and more adoption, how humanity will evolve with it? I feel like the metaverse will be more and more present in our life, but we are not going to be just all stuck into the metaverse and VR at set like the dystopian vision that science fiction movies for the sensational aspects like carries. I see a lot of positive impacts from the metaverse. It connects us more to our people. It makes us more accepting the difference and being more inclusive because we don't really know who are behind those avatars, but we'll get more and more used to recognize people for the value they bring for their real self through that avatar. We bring more jobs with skills that are not being teached yet at school. Creative skill, playing is also a possibility as a job. And that will be making even more inclusive, again, opportunities and inclusivity for generation of people who might not have been very adapted to like work in a physical world or work that might be replaced by AI and robots in any case. I feel like we're giving more chances towards like new developed countries, putting them again at the same level as developed countries. You don't know if the person you're interacting with is in, let's say in India or Philippines and so on. That's been an example very often mentioned. Now all you care is how is that person contributing to the community? What do they own? What did they create? Is it fun? All of that is important. 
And I see more of the possibilities and opportunities that are being offered by the new technology than kind of like a very dark dystopian vision that's been depicted. That's really exciting. It really levels the playing field. I can really see that. Sebastian, really want to thank you for your time. I know you're super busy and I was really excited at getting this conversation with you. For those people that want to check out the Sandbox and maybe follow you online personally as well, what are all the different touch points people can start getting into the Sandbox world and also check out you? You can go to sandbox.game. That's the main website. And from there, you can start creating the avatar for free, start exploring everything and make an ID by themselves, for themselves. Like, don't let anyone tell you by the metaverse. Try out, discover, and maybe you'll be inspired and want to build with us, build with the community. Be driven by curiosity. And over social media, Twitter, Discord is the main place where the community of Sandbox is evolving as well. And you personally, you're on Twitter. Is that the best place to, if someone wanted to follow you? Yeah, that's correct. I'm on Twitter and only on Twitter. So if you find me or someone trying to look like me contacting you on Instagram, that's not me. Be careful. Okay, cool. Thanks so much, Sebastian. Real pleasure and chat soon. Definitely. Thank you, everyone. All right, that's it for this episode. Want to thank you for listening. If you want to get the links and the show notes, just head on over to our website, frontieroftheMetaverse.com. And if you like this episode, please do share it with anyone you know interested in all things Metaverse. And of course, you can subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Would be very much appreciated. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. 